It is my pleasure this morning to introduce a speaker who is, you're going to love him, Dr. Vic Babarda. He is out of the University of Colorado School of Medicine, Aurora, Colorado, and he's also a uh, lieutenant colonel, right? For an, right. And, and International, Guard. International Guard, sorry. So he's going to be speaking to us about Reboa. Good, thanks very much. Let me turn his other mic down here. Okay, so my name is Vic Barbarda. Loud, look of God. Um, the, Vic Barbarda. There's a. Okay, thanks. Uh, from uh, I usually say San Antonio, Texas. I'm saying uh, University of Colorado in Aurora now. Um, this is an important day for me, as I was telling the guys in the last lecture. I gave a one-to-one -one transfusion five minutes ago, and this is the first day in 13 years of speaking as a civilian. I, uh, last month, after 13 and a half years of the Air Force, I, I transitioned out uh, to a civilian. And uh, this is my first day that I've ever spoken not wearing a blue uniform, even though I'm wearing a blue shirt. Uh, I still got my hair cut short, but this is the first time I've actually been a civilian for this. So uh, I'm at the University of Colorado, a great place for innovation and educational research, great place for me. I joined the Air National Guard. It's new for me. But the leadership has been great there. They've let me continue my service, which is important. Uh, leaving the military was, was really a family decision. So I'm going to talk about Reboa today. I talked about one-to-one transfusion a few minutes ago. This afternoon at 4.30, me and Jim Manning and Keith Borg and a couple of others are speaking from 4.30 to 5.30 on a, it's called a PK trauma lecture. We all speak for six minutes on different topics. I'm doing ECMO then, as well as endroosseous transfusion. Jim's talking about a, little, a few minutes on Reboa again. And I, I have some of Jim's stuff in here. So 4.30 this afternoon, if you like. So Reboa, if you don't know what Reboa is, we'll explain it. It's uh, an endovascular sort of obstruction of aorta for resuscitation that we use with the balloon. I've, I've been around this for a long time. So in 2000, this is not new for me. In 2007, a guy named Todd Rasmussen and I were together in the lab. He's a vascular surgeon. We were sharing the same text. We were sharing the same pigs and the same setups, and he said, you know what, uh, we deployed together in 2005, and a guy got blown up and had an aortic hemorrhage. He put a balloon in and said, wait a minute, this is a good idea. I use this for my aneurysm repairs, but if I stick it in the aorta and blow it up, I can also stop the bleeding. 2005, 2007, as the research began, and here we are giving you a talk today. So I'll kind of fill you in the background. So let's start off with a case first. So if you got a case that comes into your hospital, that is a gunshot wound to the low abdomen or chest. Heart rate on arrival is 130. Systolic blood pressure is 80. By palpation, he's diaphoretic and confused. Sounds critically ill. He arrives in the ED bay, and the nurse, as he rolls in, says he's not sure if he feels a pulse on the patient. So typically, your next step would be this. You'd open his chest up and do a thoracotomy and resuscitate him. So we're going to talk about a way that's less invasive, that stops the bleeding, that temporizes the situation until they can get surgical hemostasis. So these are four things that we're going to talk about. First thing is going to be the Reboa. So top right, that yellow balloon is the concept that's actually being the prototype now. Two, we'll talk about the animal studies. And this is a clinical conference and a clinical lecture. But the animal studies were pivotal for this approval to be used, large animal studies. And I know them well. But they're pivotal, so I'll tell you about those very quickly. We'll talk about the clinical data. There's not much, but there is some in the U.S., U.K., maybe your hospitals too. 
And fourth, I'll tell you about where I think this is going to go. There's another device, a little bit better than the Roboa. It's called SAP. Technology is similar, but it's pretty slick. An emergency physician is the one that's developing it, and I'll tell you about it at the end. So while I'm a civilian today, I understand this is all put together as a military person. So these are my opinions, not the DOD or Force the U.S. government. The DOD does not endorse any drugs or devices. We have some federal funding, but we have no other industry or financial disclosures. So that patient comes in, he's shot, and this is the way it looks like. You need to resuscitate him. This is non-compressible thoracic hemorrhage, NCTH. Non-compressible thoracic hemorrhage. It's the number one salvageable cause of combat death and civilian death. Salvageable combat death and civilian death. Data from both the UK and US in separate studies support that. And we don't have a good therapy for it. We really don't. We have either thoracotomy, very invasive, risk to you as a provider, huge morbidity to the patient. We have transfusion, which replaces what they're losing but doesn't fix the problem. And we have surgery, which is great but takes a while to get there and to get started. It would be great if we had a device product of therapy that was, one, had less morbidity than a thoracotomy, two, could stop the bleeding, and three, was immediately available versus 20 minutes or an hour from now when the OR team gets together. Those three things could be here. So this is a balloon device that's used to help stop bleeding in the aorta. So this patient that they reported on had trauma from a fragmentation to the abdomen. They placed this balloon in and stopped the bleeding. This picture is from the Korean War. This picture is uh, Dr. Hughes, who was an Army surgeon, placed this exact device in this patient and stopped the hemorrhage. It worked really well. For some reason, it did not catch on for trauma. It was used instead for operative surgeries like aneurysms and dissections and other vascular surgeries. And it kind of went away until recently. A few years ago, like I said, in about 2005, we found that it may work. In 2007, some studies were started doing. Adam Standard was a UK fellow who was with us in San Antonio. And he and Todd Rasmussen coined the term Reboa resuscitative endovascular balloon occlusion of the aorta. Putting this balloon in your aorta through your femoral artery and blowing it up stops any bleeding distal to that. This was the device he used. And Adam's study is pretty good. Basically, this is really a description on paper, two-dimension, on how to do indications for a BOA, what you need to do to get a kit together, and where you place it and how you place it. So you take the balloon, you put it through the femoral artery, and I'll show you some live video a little later, but you put it through the femoral artery and you can place it where you want, up into the aorta and inflate the balloon up high or down low or even lower for the pelvis. There are actually specific zones you can put it in. So if you have a patient that has a pelvic injury, you can put it low, place it and blow it up down in zone three. So you don't infect the kidneys or intestines, you just affect the flow to the pelvis. If you have a lower abdominal injury, you can put it in zone two. And if you think you have a higher abdominal injury, liver, spleen, pancreas, you can put it higher into zone one and inflate it and stop the any flow distal to that. Zone one, this is outlined in Adam's paper also from a few years ago. So that's what the Reboa is. 
That's what the Reboli has, a big balloon that you put in the femoral artery, non-invasive, immediately available, stops the bleeding, low morbidity. Here's number two. Here's the animal data that I'll share with you. It's all large animal data. Essentially, it's, uh, it's 80 to 100 kilogram uh, pigs in these studies, so human size. And there's several studies, but there's two that stand out. So this one was done uh, by Joe White and Jeremy Cannon and others. Jeremy Cannon is a buddy of mine from the academy. He's actually one of the trauma surgeons at UPenn now. got out the same time I did. They looked at this simulated patient, pig, who basically had trauma, and they compared Reboa to thoracotomy. And as you can just imagine, of many different things, the Reboa stood out as better. A couple of things that stood out as one, they had a more normal pH. It had less lower lactates, less vasopressor use, less blood use, less fluid use than an open thoracotomy. This is less damage to the pig, to the body. That was the only comparison that's been done. Then with that, Johnny Morrison, who's a UK surgeon and some other groups, including Todd, on this, looked at another pig model for pelvic injury and used the balloon to put in a zone three to stop any pelvic hemorrhage and also found it very effective. So this and about four other studies in total gave them enough evidence to do clinical studies. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to do it. So that's why it's pivotal. It allowed them in the UK and here to approve this device to be used in humans with the waiver, which they did. These studies were just published. So now we have a little bit of clinical data, just very little. A few, studies, a few cases from here and a couple of select centers and a few cases from the UK, even though I know a lot of hospitals are adapting this technology but may not be trained in it. So this was the first series that came out, Journal of Trauma, September 2013, so almost two years ago. Houston and Baltimore. So Megan Brenner, who's done a number of reports on Reboa and resuscitation. Todd's a senior on this. And then if you recognize some of their names from both Baltimore Shock Trauma and UT Houston. This case series was pretty damn small. This case series is about six patients. And what they showed is more feasibility, but it was so innovative it got published and basically said, we saw no major issues with it. We showed feasibility that we could put it in and no problems. We didn't see any over-increased mortality from it. It seemed pretty simple, and it seemed pretty effective. So we should have more patients if they are indicated to get Reboa. So this came out, and then since then, there's been some new reports. So this is a case that got the Reboa. Uh, they have a pelvic binder on. You can see... On the right-hand side, pelvic binder, catheter in the groin. On the left, you can see the image of the aorta. There's a balloon that goes up. And then here, the contrast stops. There's nothing down here. That's the balloon. So this case was wrapped with some others, and they reported out and said a couple things. So one, in the U.S. study of 24 cases, two centers. It's a little bigger than the last one. This came out in October of this year, so right now. Higher ED survival in this case they got Reboa, who thought they was indicated. So 24 cases. We, we, you know, we don't have much more than that. In Japan, they had another series of 24 cases. They actually found a few problems. They found limb ischemia and they found acute kidney injury as a risk of putting the Reboa in. And you could see how that might work. That might come about because you're blocking flow to the kidneys. You're blocking flow to the limbs lower. So you're going to have potentially some risk of ischemia. It really depends on how long you have the balloon up. This is the most concerning study that was reported. We don't know exactly. I don't personally know exactly how uh, they did it, but they had 450 patients in Japan with this similar technology just reported out. And the sicker patients got Reboa, 
but they also had a slower survival. So whether they were sicker, whether they were doing it differently than we do in the United States, whether there's a problem with it, we don't know. And so we need some comparisons in the United States with the way we do it and the way we approach it, which is a short balloon time. So that's it. That's the clinical studies that have been reported on this so far. In the U.S., you're talking about a few patients. In the U.K., you're talking about a few more. So this slide is, um, so Jim Manning gave me this. Jim is, I'll tell you in a second, does, does a lot of work with this type of balloon technology resuscitation. He's an emergency physician from Chapel Hill. So he went off to London and took these photographs for us. So at the Royal London Hospital, they're a level one trauma center, and their London Ambulance HEMS, which is their helicopter EMS system. So it's very advanced, very innovative, um, very well-trained and qualified staff, both physicians and EMS. They have a couple things. So in the hospital bay, they actually have this Reboa cart. They have this in the, e in the ED there. And then they actually then put this in their little ambulance here, this little mini ambulance, that they can actually take to the scene. And they like to use it for pelvic, three, pelvic crush injuries, so zone three injuries, they can put the balloon in, in the field, blind, to mitigate bleeding. If you don't believe it, you can Google this study, but this is a report that's actually done um, just a few months ago. This lady was hit by a London lorry, which is basically a truck driver who hit this bicyclist. She had a pelvic crush injury. These folks, the PRU and the resuscitation unit and the HEMS physicians, placed this Zone 3 Reboa in the field blind and mitigated her bleeding, and, and she survived from it. So the first time they've used pre-hospital Reboa, um, that's been reported anyway, and that was in the UK. The UK has fully endorsed this technology. They feel it's very important. They're using it in more patients than we're using it in the United States. A lot of that was shared military experience. Um, and so I think we'll end up seeing more data from the UK in the next few years, if not the next few months, from their use. Now, what about the emergency physician use, US, UK? I do see this going into the hands of the emergency physicians. We actually have a larger study built on educating physicians, emergency physicians, on how to use it and training them. There's another group that is also, because I think it's, it's, it's in our bailiwick and our skill set to be able to do this. From a time standpoint, we're there, and when the patient arrives, it makes sense that we would know how to do it. It's any rocket science. It's a femoral artery, basically. There's a nice review in resuscitation this, well, last month, one of the guys with shock trauma basically says, listen, emergency physicians should be using this technology. Kasim is the author. And it goes into how emergency physicians will use it, how intensivists will be able to be familiar with it, not just surgeons. And in Japan, most of these are put in by emergency physicians because they're there, they have access. Now, training is important. There's a couple of training courses out there. One is called BEST, which is in Baltimore. One is called E-STARS, which is in San Antonio. They're both, the you know, San Antonio one is geared toward military. They're both geared toward surgeons, but emergency physicians have taken those courses and will probably do more of those. And my imagine will be other courses trained for ER docs to perform this procedure with their institution as a team effort. Moving outside the emergency department to the pre-hospital environment. So Sean Siler and a colleague, Sean's here, um, he works with the special operations medics in, uh, in Fort Bragg, SOCOM, and basically said, you know, we, with specially trained, highly talented medics for defined injuries or parameters, could be life-saving in an out-of-hospital setting, blind placement like we saw in the U.K. and London. And he's probably right. We don't have a lot of data with it, and 
we could probably talk to Sean and ask him how, how far this has gone so far. I wouldn't be surprised if they're training those folks to be using it now. He just nodded, so that's a yes. And um, that, and very defined, because these are high talented medics. These aren't your average paramedics on the street. These, they have a lot of other experience behind them that can do this. And I, I would see this moving, moving forward in civilian settings. And again, it's already being done in the UK, out of hospital use of Reboa technology. It ain't a panacea. It's not a panacea because if you have pericardial effusion, pneumothorax is not going to treat it. If you have an upper extremity hemorrhage, when you put that balloon in, your blood pressure goes from 120 to 220, as you can imagine. So if you have an area of upper extremity hemorrhage, it's going to cause it to bleed more. If you have an increased blood pressure and you have brain hemorrhage or swelling, it's going to increase flow more. So there are some risks to that. So below the diaphragm in the distal aorta, that's where the benefit is. Anything above, you have some risk. There are also some adverse effects. We talked about in one of the studies, there can be lower limb, spine, and organ ischemia. Typically, under 90 minutes, no problem. Over 90 minutes, you're going to run into an issue. They have reported that in animals. We need to make sure that does not occur in humans. And we're going to see that through case series, likely. So that may be the biggest risk of this technology, if up for a period of time, maybe even under 90 minutes. But we think under 90 minutes, it's probably safe. When you let it down, there is cardiovascular collapse, as you would imagine, and there is an inflammatory response after this, as you could also imagine. Unclear what that means, but those things do occur as you learn about this technology before you put it in patients that don't deserve it. Our fourth thing today is going to be the next step. This is I'm gonna, it's called SAP, Selected Aortic Arch Perfusion. We talked about Reboa, the animal studies, the clinical studies. This is where I think the technology is going in this general direction. So these two handsome young men on this, on this slide is Jim Manning, who's at Chapel Hill. Ed Bernard, who's a UK physician, was one of my research fellows. He's going to be a leader in UK pre-hospital care very soon. They've been working on this technology. Jim's been working on it for 20 years. They've got some pivotal data they're going to share in the next few months that I think may show this is where we're going to go, what they call SAP. What's different about SAP is two ports. One, where you blow the balloon up, and a dummy balloon where you stop the bleeding. The important thing is the second port. The second port is important because you can now infuse blood in there to the brain and the heart. You can infuse cool fluids if they're in cardiac arrest. You can infuse other things that are important to survive that patient. So Jim reported this in 1992. That's a long damn time ago. This SAP technology. 1992, Animal Emergency Medicine said this SAP technology works. Whether you're in cardiac arrest or whether you're in traumatic arrest, this technology could actually save this patient. And there's a couple of reasons why. So this SAP technology, it's similar to what we just talked about, Reboa. You take this balloon, you put it in the aorta, and you blow it up. Now I've stopped bleeding in trauma. I've stopped bleeding in trauma. But in addition to that, I can then put things in there to affect the brain and heart. So if I got a trauma patient, I can give them blood and have a smaller space to infuse it in so I can resuscitate what's important, which is their brain and heart. If I got a, another patient maybe in traumatic or so cardiac arrest, I can give them epinephrine or norepinephrine. Or if I've got somebody I want to cool, I can also induce hypothermia. So no matter your risk, I can do something to help you with this balloon and infusion port called SAP. You don't need much. You need a cylinder technique kit. You need a catheter itself. 
ideally some way to view where that balloon is, but not necessarily. So ideally fluoro, at least an x-ray, take a look at where it's at. This is a video, uh, one of Jim's videos of this. Let's see if we can make it work. So this is a patient pig. You'll see the lumen and you'll see the balloon. So the balloon's in the aorta and all that contrast is past it. So basically they put the balloon up and instead of infusing blood or infusing fluids or epinephrine, he's infusing contrast that goes down up into the aortic valve and then up into the brain's carotids and whatnot. This is SAP technology. The balloon goes up, stops the bleeding, and then you can actually then... infuse things beyond it. So Jim showed it's feasible. See, actually, in this report, Drone Trauma that came out in la two years ago, basically said he took these blinded catheters, took them into the field, and cardiac arrest patients said you could put them in, no problem. So it's definitely it's just feasibility, and you can do that with these SAP catheters. So the question is, my question is, so you've got a couple of issues. You've got a trauma patient that comes in. He is either in hemorrhagic shock or in traumatic arrest. So what do you do? Do you use Reboa or do you use SAP? Because both of these things are available. They're both on the market uh, to be used. And I don't want to ruin anybody's surprise, but there's some data coming out in a few months that will kind of give some clarity. But in general, what they will probably show is that Reboa is great for hemorrhagic shock. If you're really in cardiac arrest, you cannot be resuscitated or traumatic arrest with Reboa. But SAP can resuscitate you for severe shock or a traumatic arrest. So if you have a one-shot deal and you gotta put a catheter in this patient, odds are you're gonna put in SAP over Reboa, assuming the technology pans out for both. So Reboa works for hemorrhagic shock, SAP, may, SAP works for severe shock and arrest. So a good review on this. Uh, this just came out again, October 2015. This is a review on Reboa and kind of where it's at, where it was, some of the stuff I've told you about, and where it's probably going to go. Todd Rasmussen, again, he's the one who invented the whole technology, so there may be a little bias. I thought it was pretty balanced of the risk and benefits of it, and that we need more clinical data. If you want a good summary of Reboa in the emergency medicine literature, there are good summaries for it. So both MCRIT has a good summary. Uh, Rebel, Rebel EM from Sal, Rezai, and Life in the Fast Lane, both, all four of these sort of summarize your BOA and give you a good sense of what it is. But if you want to really go and look at it because you're really interested, or your hospital is investing in technology, and some have, that may or may not be trauma centers, um, this is a good paper to look at. Feel free to get a picture of that. Good references, and then the actual paper itself. It just came out this month. So here's the money slide. Here's the, here's the summary of the presentation. So Reboa technology is an invasive aortic balloon for hemorrhagic shock, primarily. The dummy balloon you stick in, stops bleeding in the aorta, anything distally, zone one, two, and three. It works in pigs, works by, uh, in principle, and it's worked in some patients that have been reported on. I think the next year, actually, I'm sorry, I know in the next year we're going to see more clinical reports, mostly in case series style, to show that's beneficial, that there is promise. The next two years we'll see more. We'll see also emergency physicians with this technology instead of just surgeons doing this, both trained and in hospitals and serious reports of doing it uh, in places where there is a high volume of trauma. We'll see ER docs using it. There is some risk. So it, 
it's only for some injuries. So if you have pericardial fusion, pneumothorax, it ain't going to work. There is a risk of lung ischemia or limb ischemia, organ ischemia, and high blood pressure. So you got to be careful with it. And then the SAP, which is this infusion port, in addition to the Reboa, may be better. Maybe kind of where the money's at. All right, summer, we talked about Reboa that was designed in combat, now used in civilian settings. It's about 10 years old, the technology. We're just now seeing clinical reports. Animal studies that say it's very valuable, and that's where we got the data from, both for pelvic injury, pelvic crush, as well as compared to thoracotomy. Clinical data, there's a small case series in 2013 and a little bit of data that came out this year. Three reports came out this year that says, we think it's good. Japan's data says there may be some risk. And then finally, a new technology that may be better, and that's maybe where we're going, some variant of Reboa and SAP, where we can infuse fluid if we need to, in addition to blocking hemorrhage, and use it for traumatic and cardiac arrest. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.